Do you like the plant in it? I do, yeah. Do yeah. you not like it? No, I just wanted to ask if you oh, like no, it. I, I, yes. Okay, good. Because I remember in the poll that I made about whether I should put my plants in the background, everyone was like, yes. Okay. So, it is yeah. here. <laughs> it is. It has arrived. Okay. Welcome back to the On Water Podcast, episode 12. Um, so, we're back. Uh, from season one, we talked about all the different ways that we are going to actually put into action the ways that we have committed to being uh, people who are followers of Christ. And we talked about adding and subtracting, adding the things that are godly and subtracting the things that are not. Uh, and um, yeah, and, and living out uh, to strive after what is good. Uh, we kind of talked about that last episode. And so I kind of wanted to um, continue on by talking about something that uh, oh, I don't. I don't even want to do it, but the Lord has put on my heart to do uh, when it comes to subtracting. It uh, has a lot to do with the um, the ways that I have lived my entire life, and God has given me so much uh, discomfort. <laughs> when it comes to holding on to these things that are, I know are bad for me. And so I really want to use this as an opportunity to encourage, but also to have accountability for me uh, to be able to continue to say no to these things that are not good for me. I digress. Um, so the one thing that God has put on my heart to start subtracting from my life and uh, to, to stop leaning on in my life uh, are the different uh, unhealthy defense mechanisms that I hold. And I will, and I'll mention a few of them. So it kind of started off with this. I'm going to start off with scripture. Um, I was telling Jamie earlier today about, I went to Mexico <laughs> I went to Mexico first week of January. It was great. Uh, I barely tanned. I look pretty much the same as I did. If you look at the other videos, pretty much the same. Uh, but I went to Mexico and uh, for uh, like for the past like month or so, like since December, I've been asking God, like, God, like I want a word for the new year. Like I want to know what you have in store for my next year. I want you, I want to be guided by you into this new year. And so I would love to have a word or a phrase or a um, Bible passage that, you know, will be a guiding post for me throughout the new year. And I want to be able to step into obedience in whatever way. And um, for me, like when it comes to the new um, new year, new word, kind of praying over vision for the new year, uh, it's not necessarily like, oh, God, show me the future. Show me what's going to happen in 2024 so that I'm prepared. It's more like, God, show me what I need to keep in mind um, throughout this upcoming year. Uh, so that I can walk into full obedience into your will uh, the way that you want to. For example, in 2023, my word over the year was vulnerability. And uh, I didn't know the amount of like opportunities and times I would have to be vulnerable. I just took the chance whenever it came. Whenever I had the chance to be vulnerable or I, I had the option to be vulnerable with somebody or 
even starting this podcast and being vulnerable with my space and my heart and uh, my self-esteem and and being vulnerable was something that I just had to do uh, because that was the word that God had given me. And so rather than it be a way for me to see the future or understand or be prepared for the future, it was the the guiding post for my obedience to whatever God wanted me to do. Um, and so I was praying over that in December of God, what is my guidepost? Um, how can I know really clearly that you're speaking using this word over the year? And, um, and I'm being fairly honest. I didn't spend a lot of time thinking about it. And it's because I knew that it was going to be difficult. Honestly, like having vulnerability be, the word over 2023 was very difficult not because it was bad for me but because it took so much out of me to have to obey in those moments of vulnerability I cried in front of people I didn't want to cry in front of I opened myself up to relationships that I did not want to be a part of Um, I had to really choose obedience over my flesh so many times last year and I feel like I feel like for this year I knew that God God isn't going to leave me the exact same place that I'm not like oh yes I'm vulnerable and now I am done like he has definitely more for me and so I was holding it off and then um the last week of December my sister was like, hey, like, what are you doing the first week of January? I had the first week of January off. And so did she. And she's like, you want to go to Mexico? And I was like, sure. (laughs) And so we both ended up going to Mexico. We went to Cancun for four days. It was great. It was so good. It was very relaxing. It was a lot of just lying on the beach and doing nothing. It was amazing. But Uh, It was a great distraction from what I really genuinely needed to do, which was sit with God and and just be with him and and spend time in his presence and um, really seek vision uh, from him and to the one thing that I always I always imagine or like kind of how do I say, conceptualize in my head is God is always moving. God is constantly doing something. It's up to you whether you want to be a part of it or not. So God's will will always be done. Do you just want to be a part of the story? In the Bible, time always went by. It's just the people who are obedient that got written into this word. And so is the question is not, oh, like, God, am, am I going to stop, like, from, am I going to stop things from actually happening? Am I going to stop your will? Am I going to get in the way? Am I like, no, God, God will do what he does. If he doesn't do it through you, he'll do it from through somebody else. Um, but it's just your choice of whether you want to be a part of that plan or not. Um, and so for me, God was constantly moving around me. He was like, he never stops because he's everywhere all the time and so he will constantly be moving it's just I wasn't participating in it I wasn't joining him in it and um and I think 
if you're not choosing to join someone in their plan, you'll never know what's happening. And so uh, I think I was just choosing not to walk with God and know what his plan was. And, and, and then when I got back from Mexico, it was a couple of days ago, actually. Uh, so I flew back on Friday on the Saturday morning. I woke up and I felt so like, God, you're like so far from me. And I had that thought. I was like, I need to be clo- I need to be close to God. I need to be um, I need to be in relationship with God again. Well, I'm always in relationship with God, but I need to be in an in intimate relationship with God. I need to have my intimate time with God. And then I just had this like this voice say, like, you've gone too far. A voice that says, like, you need to work harder to get to the same place you were before. It's like, God will not take you in that intimate time now. Look at how disobedient and far you were from him and and see how, look at how much you've kind of pushed him away and pushed away, like, being in uh, an intimate time with him. You can't just jump right back into that. Right away, I knew that wasn't true. God doesn't just say like, okay, like because you haven't spoke to, spoken to me or done this for me or or had intimate time with me for this many time for this many days, weeks, months, that I'm going to make you make up for that. Like He's not that kind of God. He is one who always welcomes you back, and always seeks to be in relationship with you. And so right away, I'm like, that ain't the Lord. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. I rebuke that thought in the name of Jesus. And I was like, I got, I'm right now. I, I got up from my bed and I was like, God, I know I've been pushing it away and I know I'm not worthy of being, of hearing from you. And I'm not worthy of just hearing your voice and, and knowing the secrets of your heart. But can you tell me? <laughs> Can you tell me anyways? And he did. And he did. And um, he spoke to me so clearly. And that's kind of what I want to share. um, Because he was revealing to me the ways that I haven't been trusting in him. And another way for me to step into faith. Uh, And it began like this. So he brought me to 1 Samuel. You guys will notice that 1 Samuel is one of my favorite books. I I quote and I refer back to 1 Samuel constantly, so get used to it. So uh, God brought me to 1 Samuel and specifically uh, the story of David and Goliath. I know, cliche, oh, everyone uses David and Goliath, but I don't do it a lot. <laughs> Just this once, okay? Well, just this time right now. Um, but yeah, so, uh, but it's not what you're expecting. Like, it's it's not the, the part where David goes into battle and fights Goliath and says like, yes. And then for, what does he say? He says, um, uh, because you went against the name of the Lord God Almighty. Like, it, it's not that part. It's the part right before that. And it's when David decides to go uh, fight Goliath and he goes to Saul to tell Saul that he's going to go fight Goliath. And he says, um, uh, and, and so David 
he when he goes up to Saul and says that, yes, I'm going to fight Goliath, Saul dresses David in his own tunic. And this is 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 38. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet over his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. I can't go in these, he said to Saul, because I am not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, approached the Philistine. Going over this passage with the Lord, he revealed to me um, the many ways that, um, like, we choose to put on armor that is not for us. We choose defense mechanisms. We choose to take things on that we think will protect us that are not meant for us. Um, And specifically with Saul, like Saul probably had like the best armor out there. He gave David the clothes off his back, his tunic. He gave him his own tunic and gave him his armor. And so... He probably had the best things and what seemed to be the most appropriate to go into war. But thing is, David, his his whole life, he has been his only armor, per se, and protection that he was used to was his trust in the Lord. He didn't have all this armory and he didn't have all this stuff. He his main sense of protection came from the Lord God Almighty. And that's why when he was given this armor and when he was given this other option for protection, he's like, I can't go out. I can't go into battle in this. I, I'm not used to this. And and so God was revealing to me the ways that I have chosen to have protection from things that we're actually getting in the way of me trusting God (laughs) that me holding on to things and me putting my trust in um, even the things that the world has told me will protect me and that getting in the way of my relationship with God because I was trusting in that rather than in him and I needed to start living a life where I can say like that I can't continue to fight against the enemy and and go through the battles of this life trusting and holding on to the protection that makes sense or that the world has told me is the best. Um, but be willing to go with the clothes on my back with the shepherd's staff in hand, uh, with my my shepherd's bag with a couple of stones and let my protection come mainly from my trust in the Lord who is going to protect me. And that's going to continue to grow my faith. And, um, And that's the thing, like David, he had that faith and trust in God's protection with the bear and with the lion. And that's why he was able to have that trust in God with Goliath. And so um, the first step that God revealed to me was 
to review and look at the different things that I have put my trust in, thinking that that these things will protect me and take them off. Because it says uh, in verse in verse 39, it says, David said, I cannot go in these because I am not used to them. So he took them off. And so whatever armor that we have created or walls we have created um, to protect ourselves from the battles that we face in this life is to faithfully and, and obediently tear them down, take them off, because we need to step in faith and knowing that God is the one who's going to protect us. So this is vulnerability time now because I, one of the ways that God has shown me that I have something that I have leaned on and that I have depended on, um, outside of God's will is in my relationships, which is so gross and I don't want to talk about it (laughs) because, um, the one thing that I realized was that in a lot of my romantic relationships, I have like, when I trust someone, I trust someone hard. Um, and so I depended and leaned on, uh, a lot of my relationships, uh, to, protect me and hold me in ways that they couldn't. And, um, and when they failed me or when things didn't work out, I kept putting up more walls and became more defensive. And, um, and it's because I chose to trust these guys with things that weren't meant for them to hold so I'm going to get vulnerable and say areas where I have interested in them more than God. And um, maybe some of these will resonate with you guys. So um, what I wrote in my journal uh, reflecting on this was um, there are many things and many people and behaviors that I have taken on to protect myself. But they're just like Saul's armor. They do not fit me. They do not belong to me. And I cannot go on fighting the battle in in these things, trusting in these things that will ultimately get in my way. Um, my efforts to protect myself actually hinder me more than if I just trusted in God to protect me and to hold me uh, in my fear and um, in my anxiety. And... Um, Oh my God, this feels so weird. This feels so strange, but I'm going to talk about it. Um, so I've been in three major or like three main relationships in my life. And they all hold that each of them hold a very special place in my heart simply because, like I said, I chose to. Uh, allow them to hold a lot of me and I entrusted a lot of my vulnerability and a part of me into them uh, because I thought that they would protect me and that they would 
hold me and protect me in a way that only God can. And the first one, the first, uh, ew, I, I already don't like talking about this. <laughs> I'm like having a physical reaction to this, but it's okay. Like this is, you're seeing a very raw part of me and I, oh gosh, it's okay. So the first relationship that I've been in, uh, was a two year relationship and it was the longest relationship I've ever been in. And, um, and it was like the first actual relationship I've been in. Like, yeah, like I don't really count high school relationships that are that, like, I had a high school relationship that lasted me like two months. Mm-hmm. I'm like, is that really a relationship? I don't know. <laughs> uh, and it was like, Oh my gosh, like, do we hold hands? Do we not hold hands? It's like that kind of thing. It's like, that's not a relationship. Um, and then I had a few things here and there, but they weren't actually like committed relationships. Like my relationship with, with this guy, uh, was the longest one was the, like my, I think my very, first like adult real relationship and um and the one thing that I really trusted him in and um relied on him for was um a sense of being wanted and uh really feeding my ego and my pride and also like that um that desire to be wanted uh because trust me this guy liked me a whole lot more than i liked him <laughs> and that's the truth we're kind of, we're here to be real right now and it's true and so like no matter no matter what i did and which was terrible i was not a good faithful christ follower at this point um at this time in my life and i would not treat him well and i was not the best girlfriend but he never stopped you know um pursuing me and loving me and caring for me and so I always wanted him around because I knew that when he was around that I would always feel wanted Mm -hmm. and um and it was a defense mechanism because I felt insecure Mm -hmm. and I felt like I wasn't good enough I felt like I didn't look good enough I didn't I felt like I wasn't you know, beautiful enough. I didn't feel like I was competent enough. I didn't, because of all those insecurities, I did not, I could not rely on myself or, and I could not rely on God's, God's identification of me. I did not trust what God said about me. I trusted what he said about me. And so for me, like I, I really chose to see, keep him around, even though our relationship was not good. Uh, our relationship was more sinful than anything um, because I was acting out in my insecurities. I honestly was making him feel bad about himself to make me feel good. Um, and and he just took it and he still gave me all the compliments and, and all the, you know, the care and, and the affection that I wanted, um, which was out of his own insecurity too. So we were just feeding off of each other's insecurity. And that's honestly the reason why we went on for so long is because I would get the reassurance that he will be with me no matter what. Like my mentality at that point was I want to see how far he'll go staying with me, even if I treat him like trash. Like, even if I treat him the worst that I possibly could, that he'll still stay with me shows that he's still committed to me. And that is like, 
And that was so rooted in my desire to have a, a person want me that badly and want to stay with me that badly and, and feed into my insecurity of not feeling like I'm worthy or, or wanted enough. And, and wanting to have someone around, um, simply because they make you feel, um, better than what you feel like you are. Uh, it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable. And, um, I did that with him for a long time. And I think when we ended that relationship, honestly, that relationship ended because of the Lord. Um, to be fairly honest, I was ready to marry this guy. I was like, I, I told him, I was like, yeah, I'll get married to you. Wow. One, because obviously my ego was like <laughs> bumped up to the sky. Like, mm-hmm. like he was like, I like he, I had put so much trust in his word and, and so much trust in the fact that he wanted me and cared for me that I'll be like, yeah, I'm down. I'm chilling because like I didn't have to do anything to serve him. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, um, when like we took the time to pray about it and he took a lot of time to pray about it. Uh, and he committed one week, um, just to simply go into prayer about a relationship. And even, even though I treated him that badly, uh, he, when, when we broke up, he had called me and he was in tears and he had said that God said no to our relationship. And I was like, okay, which is terrible i know i understand i understand how terrible that is okay i'm not just like oh yeah whatever like no like i I, like my heart at that point in my life was just so hardened and i lacked a lot of empathy and um i struggled a lot with um showing vulnerability and care towards people. Uh, and I definitely, God showed so much grace towards me, uh, when it came to him. Um, and I think that was one of the ways that I was really showing, um, like me keeping and holding on to that relationship was me trying to protect myself from my insecurity and, um, my lack of self-esteem and not knowing, oh, and not knowing my laptop. Thank you. And not knowing um, what my identity was uh, when I sh- really should have been relying on God when it came to how I felt about myself, what I truly know about myself and how I see myself and understand my worth. I shouldn't have been relying on him to do that for me. Uh, And I had to take that off. And that had to end. Um, And then the second one. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. The second one. um, Was someone that I... And it's and now that I'm thinking about it, it's just so terrible to use to rely on someone uh, for a sense of protection because you're genuinely using them. You're using them as a a as a tool 
for for what your fear um and and that's the thing I, I no one should be able to no one should have to be given that kind of one responsibility and weight um because that that's not something that they should hold anyways so so the second guy i think i i entrusted a lot of my heart to him and uh i i genuinely think that i relied on him to be the person that I lean on um, when I'm struggling. And um, yeah, and I, I I think it was like the, the go-to person, you know? I think we're always looking for the person that it's like, oh, like if I'm struggling or if I'm going through something that, that they will always just be that person for me, always be the person to be there for me. And, um, and I think a, a lot of my dependency on him was to, um, was to hold me and to take care of me mm-hmm. and to be the person to, um, to comfort me. And, uh, it was, and I think it's because he showed himself capable and available to do that. Uh, but I, I, I think he was one of the people that I actually started to, like when I was learning vulnerability, when I was learning, um, how to open myself up to people, he was there Mm -hmm. and, and he, yeah, he was the person that I always went to for everything. And he like essentially was my best friend, truly. Like I really went to him for everything and and um and I think that's kind of what I was looking for is um, cuz he was such a gentle person and such a caring person and because I'm just I, I for my entire life I was so used to abrasiveness and so used to harshness um that meeting someone like that and and falling for someone like that was just so easy because I wanted to feel the gentleness and the the comfort of somebody else it was it was not okay simply because I went to him first he was someone that I did trust and that I went to for everything. Uh, but I went to him first. That's the issue. Is I didn't go to God with the things of my heart. I didn't go to God with the ways that I was struggling. I didn't go to God in the ways that my heart was hurt or that I was struggling with anxiety or that I was actually struggling with a death. Um, at that time too, I didn't go to God. Um, and I kind of idolized him. I idolized him as someone who, um, would honestly, a lot of his flaws and a lot of his inadequacies, I completely looked over and didn't recognize and didn't chose not to see 
and I was I was down bad. <laughs> Trust me, I was down bad. I genuinely was not willing to see any of those things and didn't consider them as like red flags or consider them as things to avoid. Um, but I, I was like this, like, because I think I was so reliant on his ability to comfort me and to, um, make me feel good that I, did not see if whether his position or his role in my life was actually good for me. And I think I'm, I'm even now I'm still a little bittersweet about it. Like I'm not like, Oh yes, God, thank you for doing that. Like I'm still a little bittersweet about it, but God definitely took him out of my life because I was holding up on this pedestal, on this pedestal of the person who is going to be my person, you know, the person who I'm going to, you know, like who is going to hold me and comfort me and be that person for me, uh, more than God is. And it's weird and it's strange, um, to, to think of, well, I don't know if it's weird and strange, but it's, it's foreign to me to experience God in that way. I think he does do that. Like I have, I have experienced God doing that and being that for me, being that comfort for me. Um, but it's, it's just like how, when I talked about Saul and his armor being the best armor, and it just makes sense to have that armory and have that tunic with you when you go into battle. Uh, I think that's really what the world has taught me too. It's like, obviously you want your person and you want that person to be the person who's always there for you. And, and, um, that should be your number one. And, and, and I think that there, even specifically for women, I think that there is a, uh, societal reinforcement that, uh, your man should be the number one, number one person you go to for protection. And, um, and for a sense of comfort and a sense of, you know, like, like holding and, and embracing. Uh, um, yeah. So, um, yeah, that guy number two was definitely someone who, uh, had a big impact on, on who I relied on. And I think right when, and it was, it's kind of bad because even after we had split going on, gone not gone no contact um even when we went no contact he um I still relied on people like I went to a lot of people to comfort me and and be there for me I didn't go to God so I didn't really mourn that relationship very properly um and which I'm actually kind of doing now which is kind of crazy like because more the mourning process of relationships can go very many different ways. And so, uh, I think I'm kind of going through that morning process now. Um, but the third guy, um, the one thing that I entrusted him a lot with is my anxieties. I think when I was, uh, dating him, I had a lot of, um, underlying anxieties and, and, um, insecurities and stressors that came up 
and um, I he he kind of was the person that um, kind of picked me up from a lot of that like when during our relationship I went through uh, one of my depressive episodes and um, I was actually traveling a lot and so I was flying a lot and um, because he is like a traveling aficionado <laughs> um, he kind of knew how to um, calm me down and also be there for me throughout my anxiety and a lot of my mental health struggles he uh, was very supportive in and um, and I relied a lot on him for that even to the point where like when I was flying to Mexico like last week I was so tempted because I was really nervous like getting on the flight and so I was so tempted um, to message call whatever him because I'm like I was that nervous because um, I, I get like airport anxiety so much and um, and yeah, I, I, I struggle a lot with that. And I was so, t- but the thing is, I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't rely on him to be that sense of comfort for me, to be that person for me. And, um, and I, I, and God had revealed to me so much of how much I used in a lot of areas when, like when a guy is not around, when I'm not dating, I don't really have a problem. I go to God with everything. It's just right when a guy comes into my life, there becomes an issue. <laughs> like, what is happening? Like, there comes an issue when suddenly he becomes the person that I rely on. He becomes the person that becomes the, my main source of of dependence. And and they become a source of my my protection over myself and it hurts my pride a hundred percent it hurts my pride to to say that especially as a woman um I don't want to say that but I have this problem and I have to acknowledge it and I think um that's the one thing that God wants me to do is have a a like oh like you want me to depend on on anyone else to be my protection I'm gonna take that off that's not for me my my protection and my trust and my faith comes from the God who has carried me through from the moment I was born to now. And, um, and yeah, and, and God had, had shown me how much male figures and male romantic relationships have affected, um, my willingness to depend on him and to rely on him. And it's, time to change that and and um kind of mourn and let go of the ways that i i've depended on the the relationships that i've had in the past reflect on them and which is which is what i've been doing and um and like i mentioned in the first episode is to subtract let go this is the end of those relationships that is the end of relying on these people for affirmation for emotional protection for for um like relieving of my anxiety like they are not those people anymore and it's not just find a different way of doing it no now it's time to go to god with it and let that be the the normal and regular thing that that let that be what happens when another goliath comes whenever like something else comes up like let 
going to God with those things be the natural thing so that even if a guy does come into the scene, that he doesn't become the person who is going to hold onto that responsibility. Like allowing God's protection over me to be the main thing that I rely on. No more armor that doesn't fit. No more armor that's just going to get in the way and that's going to not work and, and actually cause me to stumble. Relationships is definitely a big one for me. Um, but also my other very big defense mechanism that I do to protect me is putting up walls uh, emotionally, not literally. <laughs> I do not have any sort of wall building <laughs> capabilities. <laughs> I can create emotional and psychological walls that I am very strict on to the point where like, I, I thought this was normal my entire life, but feeling like you need to cry and feeling like you want to cry and forcing yourself to not, I thought that was normal. I thought that was a regular thing that people did. Um, and the only time and, and, appropriate space for you to cry was specifically before you go to bed at night like that's the only time even like when I think about like my middle school years high school years like as young as I can think the only time I really genuinely cried was when I was alone in my room before I went to bed and I think that there's still a part of and I and because I kind of grew up and for a long time didn't allow myself to to express and and feel my emotions mm -hmm. I it's just it has become a natural thing for me to to have emotional vulnerability be something that I have to hide mm -hmm. and and I think it is a way of me protecting myself from um, being hurt by other people I like even now I can say, like, I hate making people feel like they can affect me. Like, crying in front of someone or making someone feel like, oh, like, what you did affected me. Like, one that hurts my pride, but also it's just, like, I take pride in not feeling anything. And I had for so long of like, oh, like whatever you do, it's not going to affect me. You can do whatever you want. That's not going to, it's not a big bother to me. Because if I think about people's actions affecting me, I would be broken. I would be so upset. I would be so disappointed. I would be like, I wouldn't want to be around anyone like that kind of thing. Um, but It, it takes a lot of faith to allow people to hurt you and trust that God is going to hold you in the midst of that. I always do three things in all my episodes. So the, the different um, defense mechanisms, or I'm going to just refer to as armors, the different armors that I feel like I have uh, put on myself that are not meant to be there, relationships, uh, emotional walls. Mm -hmm. And the last thing is uh, distractions. 
Um, <laughs> I think, oh, like, I've I've shared this this sentiment with so many of the other women in my life, um, and I feel like with other men too. It's just they don't like to admit it, but um, when we don't want to feel, when we don't want to do, when we don't, when we don't want to face reality. We just distract ourselves as a way to cope. Yes, Jamie's pointing at her phone. A hundred percent. We use media. We use anything just to distract us from facing the reality of our lives. And and I think like it's it's even more than just scrolling on the phone. It's more than just watching Netflix. It's more than anything like that. Like we can use anything to distract us from from what we truly need, um, for instance, like we can even use ministry as a way of distraction. Oh, let's just fill my my weeks with um, serving and uh, being on leadership and, you know, and uh, discipling. Let's just fill our weeks and days with things to do and things that will keep me busy than actually dealing with the issues we might have in our lives. Uh, let's, you know, let's go on the internet and just look up stuff. Let's like, we always try to find a distraction. You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to just talk about me. I always want to find a distraction. Um, whenever I feel emotionally, psychologically, physically overwhelmed. And I notice it right away when I am like, when I have something on my mind and when I'm, or I'm going through something very emotionally heavy, I am constantly on my phone. I am constantly on my phone and I'm always scrolling or, or working on stuff. Um, and that's why it's so hard for me to do the podcast sometimes because I have to be like, okay, am I doing this simply because I need to do it or because I just don't want to do anything else. Um, and I don't want to have like being on social media to be a reason for me to distract myself from either loneliness or laziness or lack of motivation or emptiness. I, I don't want it to be that. And so like these are like being headfirst um, looking at the ways that we are creating protection over ourselves and and creating um oh room room uh <laughs> looking at the different ways um like truly looking at the ways that we are choosing to keep ourselves um from trusting in god by using things behaviors people as substitutes to the true peace that God can give you. It's 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 all temporary. And I think that's the issue. It's like like if we know that God is going to be such a great sense of peace and and protection over us, why don't we go to him? Why don't we? And that's the thing. It's with God, you actually have to build a relationship of trust. I think um, the world can so easily tempt you to believe that relationships and 
and shutting down and all these things are like when you don't need to take accountability and you don't need to really work that hard for it. But that's the thing. It's faith is the hardest thing. And this is why we need platforms like this and, and communities like this, because we need to show that we other people are taking steps of faith and God is worth putting our faith in because putting our faith in God is difficult because we might not have the relationship with him that is strong enough to trust him with it and building a trusting and intimate relationship with God takes time and takes effort and Sometimes it's just easier to just go to something that you know works because you've been doing it your whole life. Maybe just go and call up that guy and trust him with your anxiety because that's just what you've been doing for the past year, you know? Um, Or you can say no to the things that are temporary um, and that won't eventually work long-term and that are actually bad for you in the most times. But rather go to God. And build your relationship with him by actually going to him with these things. And and it's tested not just in the one moment. It's like, okay, God, I want to trust you with my heart and my anxieties and my feelings. But then whenever you do feel something or whenever you do feel anxious, not automatically going to whatever coping mechanism that you have chosen for your life, but immediately going to prayer and making that be the first choice that you make. And, um, and yeah, I think that that's one way we can add and subtract, adding godliness and holiness and subtracting the lack of self-control and the ungodliness that we reach for and that we go for. And, um, I think that that kind of reminds me of like what I talked about when it came to the addictions panel of like, it's about the little choices you make every single day and the hard posture to decide that God is going to be Lord over your life. And that in, even in the slightest moments when you feel lonely or when you have the thought of like, Oh, I'm not good enough or, or I, I'm not supported or I'm not cared about. It's not go to, food, not go to relationship, not go to pornography, not go to the things of the world that have caused you to believe that they will be the ones to protect you from that hurt, but going to God. Because if you take that step of faith that he is going to be the God that protects you, you will experience it when he does. And so this is a way of encouraging you to reflect like I did I just showed you my journal I was very very vulnerable right now and if any of the guys that I mentioned are listening uh it's not you it's the other it's the other person (laughs) just it's fine uh but yeah so take the time to reflect like truly reflect on ways that you have leaned on other things rather than God and make the choice to choose God rather than those things. Um, but yeah, um, I think that's it for today. Uh, it's 
a very vulnerable start to season two, but I hope that it blesses you and I hope that um, God speaks to you through this and I know that he, he wants to grow in relationship with you. So take that step. Okay, well, Jamie, I think that is it for today. Um, and I will see you guys in the next episode. Bye-bye.